Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today we have a special treat for you. We're doing things a little out of order. Um, I know I promised uh, Scream 5 next. That's a little hard to schedule. Uh, you know, Jake Johnson, he's a very busy guy, working on New Girl 2, I think, secret project. So, yeah, you know, we're having a hard time uh, trying to figure out a good time to do it. So we decided to give you a little treat with Halloween Ends. You came here to kill me, so do it. This wasn't on the wheel, I know, but... On Peacock, I'd happen to see it this weekend. My good friend and Halloween correspondent Derek Kubitschek, who's here, I am here, was going to watch it tonight along with Josh Wessler, who happened to be in town. Surprise! So we have a surprise guest. The two of them were going to watch the movie tonight, and Derek came up with the idea, like, why don't we do it for the podcast? We'll do it tonight. We'll watch the movie. I'll, I'll sit through it again, and we'll podcast about it while it's still in theaters. Ugh. You know, the, and it worked out really well, logistically, because Ryan, I mean, spoilers, I'll let you talk about this movie in your own words, but I'll summarize very quickly. You don't like it. So you spared me from needing to watch this movie once with Josh, and then sit through it again with you later. I only have to sit through this movie one time, should I choose. Thank you for making an exception and ignoring the wheel this one time so that we could uh, play into fate's hands a little bit and uh, get together for uh, a podcast this week. Yeah, because the issue is, is always I, I like to watch the movies twice. Every single thing we've covered on here I've seen at least twice. And oftentimes I just don't want to spend money in, on um, in theaters again to see it again. Plus I need to take notes and they put it on Peacock as well as in theaters. So it just happened to work out with how they released this movie. But yes, 2022's Halloween ends. And boy, does it, I guess, technically. You know, a, a lot of good moves in this movie to talk about. I'm excited to analyze it through this lens. But, I mean, I think all three of us here agree that this isn't a very good Halloween sequel. I don't know. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, so I'm sure Ryan's going to give a pretty long spiel here yes, about, about, about the movie. So I'll just get this in. Ryan kind of previewed the movie. And I, sh I should have... So typically, if I know I'm going to see a movie... I don't like to be spoiled on movies, but that also includes what I like to call micro-spoilers. Mm. And, and those aren't necessarily like saying what's going to happen in, movie, in a movie. It also includes like whether or not a movie is good or bad. So, you know, I should have given Ryan that heads up or, you know, prevented him from saying anything at all because he immediately <laughs> let me know his feelings on it, which were not good. Mm -hmm. However... I think that that helped because I had such low expectations going into this movie. So a good way to put it, at least from my perspective, is that if this was a completely standalone, not Halloween movie, just a regular horror movie, you know, I, th I think it's a, a pretty decent movie. But it isn't. It is a Halloween movie. And it is not a great Halloween movie. If I had to give it a number, I think I'd just land on like a 5 out of 10 here. Dirk? Yeah, I think I'm with Josh. I think I give this about a 5 out of 10. He kind of said it best. If this wasn't a Halloween movie, it would be a fun standalone. I, I felt the same way about Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. It would be a perfectly good ghost pirate story movie, but it's Pirates of the Caribbean, and that kind of made it crap. You could do the same thing with a couple of the Jurassic Park movies, mm -hmm. but because it's a Jurassic Park movie, it's crap. Yep. 
I have no allegiance to the Halloween series, so I only bumped this down to a 5 out of 10. But now I want to pass happily the mic over to Ryan, someone who enjoys the Halloween franchise, and kind of what this movie meant to him. Uh, I have my own mic. You don't have to pass me a mic. You're right. You're right. You're right. I brought, you, I brought yeah, three mics you, this you, time. you remembered all the mics this time. So Halloween ends, and there's a lot of bad movies in this series, so it's not like pissing on the legacy of Halloween. There's some dog shit movies in this series, and this is one of them. <laughs> so the problem with Halloween ends is it is marketed as the final showdown between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. That's all the teasers are. And maybe you can blame that on the marketing department. Either way, this is the end of a trilogy, which has been Laurie Strode versus Michael Myers. Even though that wasn't really what Halloween Kills was about, it was the town of Haddonfield versus Michael Myers. So going into Halloween ends, you kind of think, oh, you know, maybe it's a couple years later. I think they're safe. Michael's back. Oh, no, these characters have to face him again one last time. Cool. That's great. Love to see it. Let's go. Nope. Michael is in like 10 minutes of this movie. (laughs) So I guess spoiler alert, this movie sucks. Don't waste your time unless you've seen all the other Halloween movies and are just curious for yourself. I'm going to get into spoilers now, but this movie is really bad. Okay. Three, two, one. So here's the dealio. This movie focuses on a new character named Corey, and he is the main character of this movie. It's not really about Laurie and Michael. It's about Corey. Who the hell is Corey? And kind of the idea that there's darkness takes many forms. Corey kind of becomes the new killer, the new Michael Myers, which is an idea that has been around this series since Halloween 4. The original plan at the end of Halloween 4 was uh, Michael Myers' niece, Jamie, was going to become the killer in Halloween 5, or at least kill alongside Michael. That was the original idea, and they chickened out. I love that idea. Way better than what we ended up getting in Halloween 5, which is dog shit. That idea is not a bad one. The new Michael Myers. And they explore some interesting themes here. The idea is Haddonfield creates this new Michael Myers because they're all assholes to Corey. (laughs) That is an interesting idea and not intrinsically bad. The problem is this is Laurie versus Michael, and that is not what's in this movie. It's the Corey movie. So my idea to fix this, you brought up Pirates of the Caribbean. Same idea I have for to fix Pirates of the Caribbean 3. You split it into two movies. Halloween ends... Halloween three in this in this new this new trilogy turn quadrilogy is Michael versus Laurie. The next movie we could set up Corey as the new killer. That is an interesting idea. Haddonfield creates a new boogeyman. They can't get over what Michael Myers did, and you know we'll kill him off for real. And Corey becomes the new boogeyman. That's an interesting idea. It's a way to keep the series going, trying something new. And instead we get this attempt at mixing both of those things together. It doesn't really work. You know, you're talking, and just as long as we're writing a better, I guess not a better movie necessarily, uh, a better movie, but a better series at the same time, what if they did the same thing that they did with the original Halloween 3, and they did something a little bit more anthological, but within the same universe, so this movie is actually all about Corey, and Michael Myers never shows up, it's not billed as Michael Myers versus Laurie, and you actually have the quadrilogy, and then Michael shows up in the fourth movie, Daddy's Home, Daddy's Home, Halloween 14, Daddy's Home, You could do that, too. That that absolutely works. What is interesting is the font for the main titles of this movie is the same font as Halloween 3. Same color. Yep. They referenced Season of the Witch. That's the only reference to Season of the Witch, unfortunately. But yeah, that's a better idea. Everything's a better idea. Yeah, where's, where's our Stonehenge magic bullshit here? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to do a quick analysis without doing any reading about this, but the first movie almost felt like, in this trilogy, felt like man versus man. Maybe the second one is like man versus nature. And then the third one, they kind of build it as like man versus self, like yep. your inner demons. 
And if that is what they were going for, like I see it, but that's kind of a college level understanding of film philosophy. Sometimes you just have to stick with a theme. Yep. And the theme, as you already so eloquently mentioned, is Laurie versus Michael. We didn't need anything more than that. We set up amazing setup. Even though Halloween Kills is flawed, it, it's a really great setup for what Halloween ends could have been, and they don't do anything with it. So it's really unfortunate. So it's just another classic case in this series of, you know, you, you do make a really good kind of revitalization of the series, and then you completely shit the bed in the next one. <laughs> Halloween this, 4, Halloween... You know what? Maybe this director really did know what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, this is the tradition of the Halloween movies at this point. You do you do something great, and then you completely blow it. Don't fuck with tradition, Ryan. Yep. So if, if they wanted to keep tradition alive, they'd succeeded. Some traditions should go by the wayside. Anyway, should we jump into this movie? Let's do it. Yeah. The point of this podcast is we're trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies, no matter how shitty they are. Uh, so we're going to be going through the plot of this movie, beat by beat, decision by decision, to see if we need to add any new rules to our current list of 61 rules. You can check that out on our Twitter account, at HowToHorror. That's how the number two horror. All right, so let's jump into Halloween Ends. It starts in 2019, which is a year after Halloween and Halloween Kills ended. Uh, we meet Corey. You know, this movie should have been called Cory, A Halloween Story. Uh, Cory in the House. I was going to make a joke. (laughs) That's a great joke. So we got Cory. Cory is a 21-year-old guy. He's going to go to school for engineering. Pretty standard dude. He's here to babysit for, um, was it Jeremy or Justin? Jeremy. Jeremy. So he's here. He's the babysitter for this kid named Jeremy. His parents are at a Halloween party. Classic setup. It's revealed that Michael Myers was never caught after the events of Halloween Kills. He escaped. No one knows where he is. Bro... If I live in Haddonfield, I think I'm moving. Are you saying this now? Yep. Not like 40 years ago? Well, okay. So there's one, in the Halloween 1, there was one series of murders. 40 years later, same guy came back, murdered again. The guy has vanished. So he could come back. So I'm moving. Rule 11 is get out. Get out! Yeah, I, I'm moving after Halloween 2018. Yeah, and, and Halloween like, kills. You know, yeah. You got one stabbing in a community, and then it's been 40 years. Like, it happens. I, I hate to say that. You it know, happens. It, it happens. But then, yeah, the guy comes back, and he gets away. Absolutely not. Gone. And, and also, this body count was huge, and there were, like, riots in the town. Yep. Because uh, remember, one and two in this trilogy took place in the same night. Yep. So Everybody died. <laughs> Everybody died. It's time to get out. So Corey's watching this kid. And while he's in the kitchen, there's a thud. And so Corey walks back into the room. Lamp's knocked over. Jeremy's missing. Michael Myers might be back. World over one. You might be in a horror movie. Every spooky thing that ever happens in this town, people need to assume it's Michael Myers. <laughs> just move away. <laughs> Which is just wild to just live under just that impre- impression. Yeah, that's horrifying. He's going to find the knife missing. He's checking around the house. He can't find the kid anywhere. And then all of a sudden, the kid starts screaming from upstairs. Help me. Help me. And when we talked about it in the movie, it's like, could this be a prank? You're babysitting a kid. You can't assume it's a prank. Right, yeah. And that's why it's like, we can predict this is a prank. But rule three, you have to do your damn job. Yeah. And, and you know what? Corey actually does more than maybe what I would have done. Yeah. Uh, rule number three. The other part of rule number three is don't die in the process. Yeah, this would have been a... It, let's say it is Michael Myers. I'm sorry, this isn't my kid, and I am also a kid. Rule 35 is no one to cut ties. He does not follow this rule. I I would have just stayed downstairs. More importantly, rule 12 is wait for backup. Yeah. Just call for help. Get the cops out here and be like, Jeremy, if this is a prank, I'm calling the cops. And and this is a prank. This is a prank. And that would be like, hey, I'm calling the cops. I hear you screaming, but I'm calling the cops right now. And maybe that would make him stop. 
You know, and we've seen other characters in other horror movies do this. Like, if this is a prank, it's not funny, I'm calling the cops. And then the killer comes out and kills them because it's not a prank. Yep. But this one is a prank. This one's a prank. Yeah, you almost need a new rule that's just, uh, like, fuck them kids. (laughs) It falls under don't be a menace. (laughs) So he goes upstairs, he finds the knife on the stairs. He does grab it. Rule number five, lock and load. So he's going to get all the way to the top of the stairs. This is a big flight of stairs, like, big, big house. And he's going to go in the attic, and the door slams shut behind him. And it's the shitty kid, Jeremy. He's locked him in the attic. We're going to report Opie a menace. Don't lock the babysitter in the attic. You know, if you get in trouble or, and something bad happens, well, the babysitter can't help you. Same thing happens with Calvin and Rosalind in the Calvin and Hobbes comics. <laughs> he locks Rosalind out of the house. That's not okay. You can't lock the babysitter out. I was really hoping that... Hoping, maybe not is the right word, but uh, carrying the knife up the stairs just opens up the doors and, like, stabs the kid. (laughs) Honestly, that's where I thought it was going. Mm -hmm. Just a mistaken stabbing because everyone is scared that it might be Michael. And so if you're pretending that you are Michael, like, you might just get stabbed. doesn't matter if you're a kid or not. You know, that's one way it could have gone, and that would have been fair. I love the way it went. Oh, yeah. The way it went was way more aesthetically pleasing. And shocking. This is the best part of the movie. This is easily my favorite part of the movie. Ooh, I don't know. I like the ending. The ending is is also solid. This is my favorite part of the movie because as the parents are getting home from the Halloween party, Corey starts kicking the door, kicks it so hard it bursts open, hits Jeremy in the face, knocks him over the banister, and he falls like three or four stories to his death <laughs> goodbye like seven-year-old kid oh <laughs> uh, i love a good child death <laughs> hell yeah that's so, how you start a movie so for jeremy uh don't be a menace yep. don't play pranks we and we've said it on the podcast before at best it's a prank at worst somebody dies do not pull pranks i am completely anti-prank this is like uh, that internet meme that's like, oh, it was just a prank. Just the a prank, pr- prank. And then it goes, the prank. And it's like crashing a car into the side of a building. Like, it's not, it's not a prank. You know, it's the not only funny. okay pranks are where, at the end, everybody's laughing. Everybody involved has to be laughing at the end. And if there's any doubt, don't do it. Yep. Pranks are not okay. All right. Cut to three years later, 2021 now, or 22, whatever. Something like that. There's been lots of Michael paranoia weird shit over the years. We see a couple of bodies in, like, flashbacks on various Halloweens. And people are always like, was it Michael? Michael doesn't use guns. These people got shots. It's not Michael. But that paranoia is always there. And apparently, since people didn't have Michael because he disappeared, everyone kind of took their blame out on Corey. They, they all kind of, like, turned him into the town pariah, even though he was cleared of all charges. It was an accident. Yeah, everyone kind of hates Corey and treats him pretty badly. Maybe you should just move away, Corey. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, uh, we see that Corey's, like, arrested at yep. the end of that that night. So I don't know what ends up happening between him getting in the back of the cop car and this flash forward four years later or three years later. So a lot probably happened there. Maybe stuff... I've obviously went on with him not being able to get into college. Yeah, he had to stay. Uh, get into a different, completely different field. Future essentially next to ruined here. But for for everyone in the town, it's like it's like they just feel a need to just take it out on someone. Yep. So I, I guess Corey's that guy. Uh, it's going to be Corey and, and Lori to an extent as well. That's kind of when they meet. That's kind of how they bond. It's because people blame Lori for Michael Myers and people took it out on Corey as well. The Psycho and the Freak Show. Psycho and the Freak Show. So the whole point of this movie is, no, don't be a dick. Rule four, don't be a menace. Be a nice person. That really felt like the prevailing rule. You know, 
it's like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but like that's trespassing. This is just like it doesn't cost anything to be nice. Like, I almost feel like Jr. should be on this podcast yes. just so he can say that a dozen times over yep. and then a dozen times again. He hated this movie more than I did. He thinks this is the worst Halloween movie. So that you know would have been fun to have him on for some hot takes. Like wow, he said this is worse than Halloween Five, Halloween Resurrection. Which is an extreme take, I think. <laughs> that, that, that's, that, that's a shade too far even for purists, I feel. But you know what? I respect the opinion. I, I respect like, the opinion. Coming from the guy who hates Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom, this falls into the same vein of movie. Yep. So I get it. So three years later, Lori has moved in into town proper. She lives in Haddonfield. Why? Move away. Lives with Allison. Why? <laughs> move, away. move Move away. Go on. Fresh starts. Fresh starts for everyone. Yeah, she basically has this giant monologue. Lori's essentially like the narrator yep. of this film. She's writing a book. Yeah, so it it fits. That's all good, but her her main reason is that like she, it's four years later and she wants to move past it. Okay, you went out into the country and essentially made a bunker because you thought that he was going to return after forty years. So now after four years, you just kind of leave all that behind. Like it's a change of motivation. I get that, and it, it, she's trying to move into a different stage in her yeah. life it seems like so i understand but i i don't think that she actually changed that much as a person to do that what bothers me is that we, there is a rule for this it's no half measures she buys a house and tries to move on in haddonfield no more half measures walter you right could, you could have done this anywhere else i understand her not being like a, a recluse anymore because the whole reason she did that was to protect her and those she loved her daughter is dead. Yeah, it failed. Uh, so, like, you failed. I guess it's time for a new plan. It's insane to try and do the same thing she's again. She's going to be here for her granddaughter in a way she wasn't there for her daughter. That's what she's trying to do. It, it, it's fine. You know, you got to do something different in a movie. <laughs> you can't do the exact same thing. Corey, he's working for his stepdad at his stepdad's scrapyard. Bikes everywhere. Um, twice during this movie, once while biking, once while walking, he almost walks into traffic, gets hit by a car. Twice. So, rule number, rule 16, look both ways for crossing the street. This is just common sense, people. Yep. Just wanted to point it out, because it happens twice. But he's working for his uh, stepdad at the, Ron, at the scrapyard. Uh, Ron seems like a decent guy. You know, at first, he's kind of a hard ass, but, like, he buys Corey a mo- uh, an old motorcycle, so he can't, doesn't have to bike anymore. Yeah, he's really trying to help him out. He's trying to help the kid. He, he's doing his best, and we're going to find out later that mom is not helping the situation no. at all. No. And I, I think this guy's just in over his head. Yeah. Um, like, he's trying... But, you know, not not a bad dude. Allison is working as a nurse. On her way to work, she gets pulled over by a cop who is her ex-boyfriend, Doug. Doug sucks. Yeah. Doug Doug's a piece of shit. Yeah. He's not bad in this scene because he, the reason he pulled her over because her muffler was coming loose and he wanted to let her know. But after this, he's just like, dude, fuck you. You know, I actually, you know what? There is a very strange indirect explanation for this. <laughs> I hear Hattonfield was looking for a few new cops. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they have an entirely new police force they're, here. They're, they're hired anybody nowadays. That's exactly what happened in Halloween 5. Uh, after all the cops got murdered in Halloween 4, they had hired new cops, and they got some real bozos on yeah, the do force. You, do you remember like the bozo, the clown music they played behind them when they came on Bro, I literally them? watched that movie on Tuesday. I remember. <laughs> Why? I'm rewatching all the Halloween movies. I'm sorry for you. Yeah, well, the new one came out, so I'm watching all of them. I watched eight and a half of them in two days. Jesus. Yeah, it was fun. 
But Sounds like it. The uh, first four were fun. But the point being, this guy clearly shouldn't be a cop. No, this guy sucks. Uh, and by the way, he pulled her over. I guess he pulled her over for the muffler thing. Yeah. So like, he had probable cause. I'm surprised he didn't pretend to smell marijuana and search her car. <laughs> yeah, he wants to get back together with her. Yes. Being a creep. So Corey gets to the gas station, and we are, are met by our classic gang of shitty teenagers. Weirdly, there's four of them. They aren't like jocks this time. They're all in marching band. <laughs> We've updated for 2022. I mean, I, I did you guys have marching band at your school? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, we, I, I think technically we had marching band. It was more just band in general. Right, we didn't have it. Um, and then I think you could do that stuff just as like a sub part of it. But you know what? I like that they did something like this because, you know, there's douches in all areas of yep. high school. Yeah, there's douches in every clique. It reminded <laughs> me of 21 Jump Street when Channing Tatum's trying to be the cool <laughs> dude with the one strap. Yep. And then Dave Frank was like, Bro, what? Two straps? <laughs> He's like the theater kid or whatever. You know, the jocks are cool these days. It's those fucking band kids you gotta watch out for. <laughs> I love that. That's hilarious. Um, there's four of them. The leader is a guy named Terry. He's just classic douchebag. His dad's abusive, and so he yeah. takes it on other people. That's his character. Yep. His friend Billy, who's a douchebag. Their friend Stacy, who's a douchebag. And then there's a girl named Margo, who's a little nicer. She doesn't want them to like pick on Corey. She's an enabler. But she just hangs out with them anyway. Maybe you get better friends, Margaret, and you'd still be alive. I think she yep. wants to be in the cool group. Yeah. So it's these four. There's not much else to them. It's just three douchebags and Margot. They want Corey to buy them beer, and he says no. So they start, like, harassing him for murdering a kid. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> As you do. And it gets violent, and Terry ends up shoving Corey, and he, he's got a glass of... Yahoo, Yoohoo, or whatever that chocolate milk, chocolate milk. off-brand Yoohoo because they probably can't yeah. show Yoohoo. <laughs> and he cuts his hand open, so that's assault. Rule four: don't be a menace. Well, luckily Lori Strode's going to show up and, and break this up. And it's, it's battery as well, by yeah, the way. Yeah, battery. Yeah. So the kids all leave, and Lori turns to Corey and it's like, "Hey, you going to do it, or, or am I going to do it?" Pulls out a knife, and at first, like, are they going to murder the kids? No, they're just going to slash the tires. <laughs> but I love it, <laughs> absolutely. This is the kind of like low stakes, cost them some money type of retribution like if the same thing happened to me i honestly don't think i would have been above it i'm gonna be honest well you you have a uh, mutually assured destruction you can say hey they assaulted me like you call the cops on me for uh slashing your tires i'm gonna call the cops on you for literally hitting me <laughs> yeah and the other thing is like they're kids so you know that they might just get away with a slap on the wrist and then they might just come back so you need to you need to i don't know get back them in a, in a different way yeah yeah and this seemed like a pretty nice car so i don't think that they're going to be really hurting for new tires oh, like white wall tires yeah they purposely show the white wall tires that means the dad has a uh, class so Lori, she's gonna take Corey to the clinic and Allison is there, and I guess Allison has had a crush on Corey for a while, which I don't get at all. I don't know where that came from. That that, that came out of nowhere. I thought it was more just like an instant chemistry thing that she was just interested, just like, ooh, yeah, that's right. This well, guy why? Exists. He looks like a school shooter, and he acts like one. Maybe, I mean, I guess I don't think I missed any dialogue about how she was like into him for a long time. I thought she was talking to him later that... She read his story and she felt connected. Yeah, yeah. They were trauma bonded indirectly. And I think that is the adhesive in their relationship for the rest of the movie is they're trauma bonded around this chaos that's caused by Michael Myers. It literally makes no goddamn sense because this guy looks like Jeffrey Dahmer and he acts like just a fucking weirdo. Like, I, you know, you feel bad for the character, but clearly he's been affected by this stuff. 
he acts like a loony. He he clearly has some stuff he needs to figure out. And the whole time, Allison is just like over the moon for this guy. And it makes every red flag in the world pops up. And it makes no sense. <laughs> Allison is clicking on these red flags like fucking Facebook notifications. Yeah. Just excited to read them. <laughs> I, w- I was so confused by this just because it seemed like such a character change between yeah. the second movie and this one. And, and I get that kind of shit changes you. Like they went through a lot. But... At the same time, like, is it really going to go that far? No, it's not. Allison was awesome in the last two movies, and this feels like character assassination. Like, I'm actually angry about this. And especially jumping ahead, like, spoilers to the end of the movie, like, after all of that concludes with Corey, she's back to the the second movie, like, version of herself. It's almost like she reverts back completely so it's not like she changed that yeah. much it, i didn't like they turned allison into a device we're, we're getting into analyzing the movie now instead of talking about the rules but you know let's hang out here for a second they turned allison into a device to traumatize Lori. yep by turning her into Lori's daughter because Lori's daughter resented Lori, just like allison ends up resenting Lori. and so Lori's like it doesn't matter if i try really hard to be present and be good and be kind and be a mom a motherly figure, or if I try and protect my kids, they end up resenting me either way. I'm the problem. So they just turned Allison into a device rather than keeping her as her own dynamic character. And I, I will agree that that is like character assassination because you you can't just be reductive like that. This is a trilogy with multiple characters and Michael's not in this movie. Really? She hasn't shot yet. She has like none of her own agency. Everything she does is just like a reaction to Lori or Corey, and it's really shitty because she was her own character in the first two movies for sure. And so th- this is probably my biggest gripe with the movie is what they did to the character of Allison, which I'll, really sucks. I will sign off on that happily. So she brings Corey to the clinic, and it's instant attraction between Corey and Allison, and, and whatever. We it's meet stupid. a dick bag doctor. Like we, we meet more Michael Fodder. Yep. We, there's a, a doctor, uh, Doctor uh, Mathis. And then another coworker named Jill. Dr. Mathis is a dick. Jill's kind of bubbly. Not much to him. But the main thing here is Allison puts up a lot of bullshit with Dr. Mathis because she's trying to get a promotion. They talk about her car a little bit. He's like, yeah, Drew, bring her by the scrapyard. I'll fix it for you. It'll take about five minutes because I just got to like put some zip ties on it or something like that. <laughs> couple of screws. <laughs> and she's going to end up asking Corey out. Yeah, she's really taking the initiative in Which, this relationship. Which, you know, I appreciate. Uh, this is 2022. I, I love that. That's my favorite. But why with this guy? But again, these are these are red flags, and she shouldn't be in Haddonfield. And he seems so uncomfortable with yep. everything, and she's just trying to push it along. So then we meet Corey's mom, who is just the worst. One of the worst characters you've ever seen in this series, like least likable. She is clingy to the point of like helicopter parenting, but he's 24. She's abusive. She hits him, and she's just like overbearing and controlling and just just awful. She only has like three scenes and she's literally the worst. Yeah, because she says repeatedly throughout the movie, essentially that like there's nothing wrong with him. He just like had a a bad break, essentially. Mm -hmm. But then on the flip side, she almost doesn't trust him to go do anything on his own and wants him to stay home all the time. Ryan, who was the guy who got electrocuted in like Halloween four or five or something like he was in the basement? Oh, yeah, actually, he's worse. So, John Strode. So so he is my least favorite character in the Hollywood franchise. But they're franchise. similar. They're but very yeah, similar. Yeah, they're, they're in the same vein. Like, she's if you dial up helicopter abusive mom yep. to an 11, and that guy was like, if you dial up 
dirtbag, shitty, abusive, alcoholic, druggy father to yeah. 11. You know, they're two sides of the same coin. Yes, exactly. So uh, it's 2022. She can be the bad person now, too. Uh, so he's my least favorite in the franchise, but I think she might be, too. I'd have to go through and She's make up a there. list. Actually, you know what? I'm forgetting, like, almost all the characters from the Rob Zombie movies. <laughs> they're all like that. I stand completely corrected. That's, you know... Throw every character in the Rob Zombie movies in there first. <laughs> but Allison is going to go to the scrapyard and get her car fixed, I guess, with uh, with Corey. Lori's going to run into Frank from the last couple of movies. He was in 2018 and Helen Kills, De- Deputy Frank Hawkins, played by Will Patton. She's in this movie for a couple scenes and has no bearing on the plot. Oh my god, just fucking kiss already. That's the mo- that That's his character. Yeah, they haven't gotten together yet? What the hell? Yeah, I definitely thought that he was going to come around and like be at the house in the last scene while Michael was there and then just die. Yeah. I really thought that was going to happen. He never runs into Michael. Nope. He's not really in the movie. Doesn't matter, actually. <laughs> uh, but they have a really nice flirty moment, really happy, and then Lori goes outside and immediately gets harassed by... If you remember, um, what the hell was her name? Sandra from the last movie. She, We thought she died. She got stabbed in the throat with a fluorescent light bulb. She was the elderly woman who was flying the drone. Yeah, with if, her if, that, if that helps people remember a little better. Uh, they were Lori's neighbors. Her husband got murdered by Michael, and she got stabbed in the throat. We thought she died. Yeah, um, with a fluorescent, uh, with a lightsaber. Yep, it was really cool. She ended up living, but she can't walk or talk anymore. So what a life. Her sister... Uh, just harasses Laurie and says, it's your fault. You you, you brought the boogeyman here. You you, uh, you brought this all on us. And you let him go. And it was because you were making fun you of... You provoked him. Someone didn't do who, shit. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, so this is rule four again. And these are people in this movie that survived that I wish wouldn't. Or at least Sandra's sister. Sandra didn't do anything. She's not the only one that does no. this throughout the movie. And it's just so frustrating. Like, they're just villainizing Laurie mm-hmm. so much. It's just like, why? Like... You, you all saw what happened, right? Literally like, a bus crashed, and there was an evil doctor who was behind everything. Blame that fucker. So Allison and Corey, they're going to go to a costume party, and while they're at the bar partying, he's going to run into Jeremy's mom, and she is drunk and, like, harasses him, so he leaves. And then he, like, yells at Allison, which isn't really okay. Like, she didn't really deserve to get yelled at for it, but, you know, I can understand why Corey is fucked up here he just got yelled at by this this mom so he's just gonna go away he's gonna walk home this is an understandable trauma response like don't get me wrong they shouldn't even be in a relationship together he's not ready for a relationship and she needs to be seeing these red flags so maybe this fight should just end the relationship like let's halloween ends right here yeah this is where (laughs) allison should be like you know what this guy has a lot that he's going through right now i'm gonna let him go through that by himself i'm not getting dragged through this that's you know anyone who everyone out there if you see these types of red flags just let them go for a while you don't don't set yourself on fire to to warm somebody else there's this thing it's called the sunk cost fallacy if you spend another day another week another month another year with them whatever it is in real life you're just losing more time and it's probably not gonna get any better like, just move on starting today. The best day to break up with them was, like, two years ago. And they're not even together. They've been on one date. Yeah, right, you're right. The, the, the best thing for Allison to do is to not ask him out. Yep. The next best thing for her to do is to let him walk away and move on. turn away any further advances. He's going to start walking home, and on the way back, Terry and his crew are going to pull over to harass him. You know, he tries to walk away from him at first, but they start, like, pushing him. They shove him into the car. He's going to pull a knife on him. <laughs> And then fucking Billy uses his marching band drumstick and just kind of yeets his knife away over the side of the bridge they're standing on. Just like, nope. That's a rule seven. I don't leave your weapon behind. Yeah, don't let your weapon get knocked out of your hand. Kind or of in this case, 
Firmly grasp it. Firmly grasp it. Literally. <laughs> Terry should just straight up yeet Corey over the side of the bridge. Like, this could have killed Corey. Oh, yeah. Don't don't be a menace once again. Rule four, don't be a menace. So, all these kids suck. Yep. They're going to get what they deserve. It's great. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Can't and, wait. and you knew it, too. Corey's laying at the bottom of this bridge and then just gets dragged off into a sewer pipe, which was set up earlier in the movie. There's a sewer pipe under this bridge. There's a homeless man who lives under this bridge. But, yeah, he just gets dragged into a sewer pipe. Yeah, he gets dragged off to Blackreach. Yes. Yes! we got to do it. So, inside the sewer, Corey wakes up. And he's like, how the fuck did I get here? Whatever, I'm just going to leave. Oh, no. <laughs> it's Michael Myers. He's oh, here. No. We're 40 minutes into the movie. Michael Myers has finally showed up for one of his four scenes. <laughs> kind of. He grabs Corey and then lets him go for some reason. Now, I, I read this on the Wikipedia page, and it says it's because he recognized the darkness inside of Corey as the same darkness inside of himself. So he let him go. What? Okay. <laughs> like, I mean, and, and that's never happened, like... In any sort of encounter he's had with anyone, like throughout the last, and I guess one, two, or three, like this comes out of nowhere. It bothers. It's a thematic shift because this entire trilogy, or I guess the first two, were all about Michael. Like it had nothing to do with Laurie. He just wanted to go home. If you stay out of his way, though, you know he'll leave you alone. Like we saw him spare some kids yep. on the sidewalk, and and I, I can't remember his name right now, but he was a character in Halloween Kills and died. Yep. Uh, but like, if you stay out of his way, for the most, he's not going to go out of his way to kill you. No. And now apparently it's different. Yeah. Uh, and now it is about the evil inside of you. So it's like, can we just like pick a theme? Yeah, please? it makes no sense, and it's very inconsistent. So Michael's going to let Corey go. The the thing that they could have done to make it better is Michael's very weak. He's been hiding out here for four years. You can just play on that. Like, Corey can just, like, kind of push him over, and then he escapes, and then he becomes fascinated with Michael. Michael's too weak to do anything about it. That's a way better way to do this. Do you think the homeless man is supposed to be a like, parallel of the mountain man? Dude, I don't know, and I don't <laughs> care. The mountain man. Probably the dumbest horror yep. movie character. What? <laughs> the Mountain Man from Halloween 5. Oh, never he, saw it. Don't. Never will. Michael falls into a coma, and the Mountain Man takes care of him Listen to the Listen to the Halloween oh. 5 podcast. You want to know more I about did. That I guy. don't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Corey is going to go out and get uh, accosted by this, this homeless man who's a nutcase. And he's like, I'm Michael Myers. You need to go back in there and get that mask, because I'm Michael Myers. And then he pulls out a knife and threatens to stab Corey. Fairly... Corey fights back and stabs and kills the vagrant. He actually pulls his knife on him. Yeah, the policeman poured, pulled Corey's own knife on him because it got thrown over the bridge. Yes. So he stabs the vagrant to death. Yeah, fucking fair. Rule four, don't be a menace. <laughs> and you can call it take the shot, I guess. Yeah. You know, wh yep. whatever it is. Because like, this is justifiable self-defense mm -hmm. at this point. I don't know if I would, you know, stab him like six times or whatever it ended. Like, he eased him quite a bit. Like, dude probably only need one or two and then he can run off. But whatever. So at this point, call the cops. Be like, hey, I got tossed over a bridge. I think Michael Myers is living in that sewer. Um, and then this fucker attacked me. Cool. We're done. And then you can move away from Haddonfield. Be careful what you say and how you say it. Yep. Instead, he's going to just yeet the knife away. That's evidence, dude. You don't want to leave that behind. Yeah. Hang on to that. Off. Yeah, you, know, you just look guilty. Uh, you, you want to escape the horror movie, but you don't want to go to jail. Uh, you just threw away like what could easily be construed as a murder weapon yep. rather than like a tool of self-defense. Rule 60 is keep yourself out of jail. That's not how you do it. Rule 32 is play stupid games, win stupid prizes. 
None of this is going to pay off, but that's what should have happened. Yeah. And I also want to say, it, this is a little bit of... I, it's it's a, the same vein as Fuck Destiny, because there's some like evil force inside of Corey right now, and we don't know if it's been manifested by the town of Hatfield, by himself, or whatever, but he doesn't need to do any of this. Yeah. He, he's choosing to do it on some level. Yep. So I, I just, just want to bring that up. everyone's an asshole to you, doesn't give you the right to be a mass murderer. Yeah, yeah, and they're really going to dig into this burn it all down yep. mantra. Now, granted, you know, this is kind of a, an allegory to, like, school shooters. Like, a lot of the times, they're, like, the kids who are bullied. So it's just like, hey, be nice to people, and then they won't come shoot up the school. And also, don't go shoot up the school. You can't blame it on people being mean to you. So it's just like, how about everyone just be nice to each other? And I will say, it had that feeling, and it almost felt like it was done kind of sloppy. Oh, and, yeah. I, and I didn't really... Wait, are you saying this movie's sloppy? Yeah. Uh, I, so I didn't really like it. it. It seemed like it was ham-fisting maybe too many too many symbols in there within the society, the micro-society of Hattonfield. So... If you watch it and you get kind of that ick feeling, because I kind of got that ick feeling from it a little bit, I guess you're in you're in good company. Deb's gonna get the promotion at the the nurses the the clinic because she's sleeping with the doctor. Yeah, that'll do it. Lori, she's at home and she's she's looking out the window and she sees Corey staring up at the house just like Michael Myers used to do. Rule number one, Lori, and you know to her credit, she from here on out she is the heebie-jeebies around Corey. She doesn't trust him. She's gonna look in his eyes and she swears it's Michael Myers' eyes. Which, whatever. But she, she knows she's in a horror movie. Yeah, Rule 21. So. Learn from past events. Yep. She sees it. Yeah, it's really the evil that she's thinking of. And I thought it was pretty creepy when he was standing sure. there. It was exactly the same as any of the originals. <laughs> so they did a good job with it. New rule, Corey. Don't be a creep. It's don't be a menace. Don't be a menace. It's, it's the same rule. So for Corey here... Don't just like stare at people's windows. You know, on, I, honestly, I'm, I'm gonna just, like kind of stop grading Corey here because he's gonna descend in madness and become a killer. You know, it, once you become like the killer, I kind of stop grading you because that's not the point of this. But yeah, don't don't do any of that. Don't be mad at Corey. She's gonna go outside and confront him, and he's like, "Oh, I was just waiting for Allison." And Allison's there. He's like, "Hey, I'm sorry about yesterday. Trauma. Can we go for a walk?" Okay, fine. So they're gonna go to Jeremy's house where because the the Jeremy's family moved out after the accident. It's abandoned. So they're going to go hang out at this old abandoned house where a kid died and, and just, like, talk and bond. Yeah, that's healthy. Way to move past it, right? <laughs> Lori's going to go talk to Corey's mom and just, like, try and figure things out. But, you know, Corey's mom just sucks. She's just yes. a complete psychopath. <laughs> no, no, Corey's the psycho. Yeah. So Corey and Allison, they're going to talk about, like, leaving Haddonfield. Why not? And they're, they're out at a diner. And then Officer fucking Doug is going to come up and just, he's drunk starts like bugging them harassing them and they're like go away and he just won't go away so uh, don't be a menace yep. and eventually he's gonna stand up and just like stare him down and make him go away that's a bold move because he's here with a table full of cops <laughs> one wrong move and uh that's not gonna go over well like he's not wrong it's just dangerous because yes. like, like they would say like oh hey doug what's wrong Do we need to kick somebody's ass fuck all of you fuck all of you well, uh, play stupid games with stupid prizes yeah. here. You didn't win a stupid prize, but you, 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 were, you were close. Yeah, you, you were walking on a very thin ice, bud. And for those caps, we'll do your damn job to just go beating people up or threatening to beat people up. Fuck all of you. And also just don't be a menace, yep. which is like this entire fucking movie. Just don't be a, a fucking menace. Pisses me off. So anyway, Corey and Allison, they're going to go home. He's going to drop her off. They kiss. But he you know, he's being followed by somebody in a car. And we don't know who it is at first, but it's Officer fucking Doug. So he's going to drive back to the sewers under the uh, under the bridge. 
Doug's going to follow him and like look around. And he's going to find the body of the homeless man from earlier. Rule one, Doug, you're in a horror movie. Yep. If you didn't follow around people to presumably threaten them because they're dating your ex-girlfriend, none of this would have happened. Fuck you. At best, at best, at this exact moment, you are in the uh, preamble of a Law and Order episode, and you, and you stumbled across the body. Yep. Right, and you don't even know that he was stabbed yet. Yeah. You know. Well, you could see the wound. Oh sure. So, yeah. so I, I was but, checking for it this time. Okay, I couldn't really, I couldn't really see it. But you know, there, there's a body. Yep. It's time to leave. Even if a homeless well, man is backup. just dead in a tent, like, eh. yeah, call for backup. This is a crime. Corey is going to attack him quickly and then run off into the sewers, laughing like a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> Admiral Akbar, please come in. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a, tra- it's a tarp. That's it's what the homeless man was on. It's a tarp. Uh, no. No, no, no. There's no good reason to go into a sewer anyway. You're getting lured by a, a laughing weirdo who killed a kid, as far as you're concerned, and you're getting he, you're chasing him into a sewer. That has never led to anything good ever. Yeah, for all you know, like, this could be his lair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't be taken to a secondary location. Yeah. He, he was drawn into a secondary location. So he's going to follow Corey in there, and Michael Myers is going to show up, and it, they're going to tag team Doug. Corey's going to hold him in place and let Michael kill Doug. Okay. <laughs> and this is where I was, when I was watching this in theaters, I'm like, oh, no. This is where we're going with this, eh? Oh, no. Because <laughs> the big thing here is that Michael Myers apparently isn't strong enough. Yeah, he, he's weak in this movie, which is fine. He gets the shit beat out of him Halloween Kills, and he's an old man. I mean, understandable, but they don't explain the whole he starts getting stronger after this part of it. No, yeah, like, he's, like, shaking, like, yes, I have the power, but he like, doesn't really. Like, this is some Freddy Krueger stuff here. Yeah. Corey's gonna go see Allison, and he's just talking like a loon. Rambling, he's erratic, he's talking about Michael Myers. Red flags! All no, red flags. N- notifications, Ryan. Notifications. Lori <laughs> gets home and she sees the two of them go upstairs, which is, you know, reference to the original movie where Mike was watching his sister and her boyfriend oh, go upstairs. Oh, didn't catch that. Okay. So Lori's watching them, but Michael's watching Lori. We're all creeps here. Yep. <laughs> she looks at me, I look at him. <laughs> she looks at me. <laughs> so Lori ends up talking to Jeremy's dad at a bar, and, and he's kind of felt the same way about Corey. You know, he's kind of come to terms like, you know, I don't think it was his fault. It was an accident. I'm going to go talk to him. I'm going to, like, try and forgive him. And then he went and saw Corey and saw his eyes were weird. Like, he had changed. There was a darkness. There was an evil in him. So this is just kind of like, Lori feels vindicated. Like, I'm not the only one who feels this way. There's something wrong with this kid. Whether it was there all along or whether everyone being mean to him created it doesn't matter. It's there. I really I really like that that was brought up. Yeah. Not, not just the whole, like, he's changed aspect of it, but... Not trying to explain it. Not trying to say that it's because of one thing or another that he's gotten to this point. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. No, it, it really doesn't. I almost wish they would have shown that in order. The dad confront Corey and like have him look into his eyes and then have him run into to, to Lori later, you know? I don't mind it, it, it doesn't matter. Doctor Doctor Mathias or Mathis or whatever his name is. Doctor Mathis and Deb. They're gonna go home and you know have sexy time. She gets in the shower and then she hears a weird noise. And he's he's an older man. Maybe he fell. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't have life alert. Didn't have life alert. She's gonna doctor. go out and check on him and sees Corey just stabbing him to death with a corkscrew, laying on the ground, just kind of <laughs> just cradling him, basically. Yep. Just like it's like oh like. Be quiet, like, don't go to sleep. He's not actually saying this, but that's just what I picture as he's just stabbing him in the neck. <laughs> I got no rules for Dr. Mathis. We didn't see anything. No. I mean, you know, 
don't be a menace. <laughs> but, like, the thing is, is like, it's two, I guess, kind of consenting adults, and this wasn't something that happened in the workplace. Eh, maybe. Uh, but, like, I, say, I, I, but I guess, like... like re- realistically, there's nothing. Yeah, not... There's not, nothing related to his death, but I will say uh, favoritism. Yeah, yeah ne- nepotism <laughs> Shitty boss. Bad, Shitty or... boss. So Deb is going to run inside the house, lock the door, lock Corey out, get on the phone to call 911. Oh, no, it's Scream. Yep. <laughs> Michael Myers is here. There's two killers. And they have voice changers. <laughs> Surprise, <laughs> Debbie. <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie? You know, and as you know, a fair point. There could always be a second killer. Yeah, uh, there could be three killers. There could, it, be, it could four be four killers. Uh, it's a little bit of never assume you're safe. Yeah, rule number thirty three is never assume you're safe. Yeah, uh, even if she had seen Michael, she was so screwed. Debbie was pretty tiny. Michael's gonna get her, so he he kills her in a classic pinner to the wall on a painting. Oh, he had to beautiful. Have it. Had to have it. Is that the first time we saw that since the first one? I think he's pinned a couple Oh, he's, he's pinned, oh, yeah. pinned a few people to the walls over okay. the years. Maybe the only one I've seen. It could be. Hard for me to remember. I only watched the first one and then these three. Oh, and Season of the Witch. You watched two and three. Oh, yeah. One, two, three, and then these three. Mm-hmm. So you're missing a, some good ones in the middle there. Yeah. You're mostly missing bad ones How in the middle there. Four and seven. Oh, four and seven are fantastic. Top tier, but five, six, eight, nine, ten. Nine's okay. Maybe someday. The first half of nine is good. So Corey and Allison, they're going to go chill on top of a radio station. And they get they get caught by the DJ guy named Willie. Willie sucks. He's an asshole. He kind of uh, exploits all the tragedy that's happened in Hadfield for listens. And Willie sucks. And he's a, he's a dick to Corey and Allison. You know, you can tell people to get off their property. You don't have to be a dick about it. <laughs> yeah, this guy's very uh, barista from Leprechaun too. Yeah, he's just being a dick for no reason. Uh, like, be like, yeah, I get it. Like, this is kind of your establishment. Don't be a don't be a dick. It doesn't cost anything to be nice. And to be fair, when he finds Corey on the ground, he is not on private property. That was the sidewalk. Yeah, that is the street. <laughs> so you were wrong, sir. <laughs> so they, they end up kissing again, and, and they agree to leave town together. Lori is watching them, and Corey sees Lori watching them. So, uh, it's something. Ah. And he's going to go home, and his mom just like loses it on him because... Her baby's spending so much time with that whore kind of attitude. I can smell her on you. And so she's going to hit him and be like, I'm so sorry. Get out of my house. And then she kisses him. Yeah. You just go. Corey, you got to go. Yeah, this is an abusive relationship. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, this is another possible origin of the whole thing. It certainly like, didn't help. Yeah, like, Corey's a psycho, but I think she might also be a psycho. And then, uh, That's then we, a different movie. And then we get a nice little line from the dad or stepdad. Stepdad, Ron. <laughs> just, I hope you find love. <laughs> <laughs> so now it is Halloween proper. Corey slept at Jeremy's old house that night, and Lori finds him there and confronts him. And basically, she's like, hey, I want to help you, but you got to leave Allison alone. And he says, if I can't have her, no one can. Uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, There's never been a redder flag. Uh, yeah, that, that's crimson with the blood of your enemies. Yep, that's bad. <laughs> and this is all you have to say to Allison when later when she's like, you need to stay away from this. This is what he said. Ooh. Yeah, honestly, she should have been recording him. Yeah, that would have been a good like, idea. Like every, you know, sometimes I criticize Gen Z and Gen Alpha for having their phones up and recording everything rather than just living life. But this would have been a really good moment for like a tape recorder, wearing a wire, or just have a Samsung GoPro at all times. <laughs> <Yeah>. GoPro, <laughs> big rule one, and it might not even be a horror movie; it just might be in like a domestic drama. Yeah. Which can end badly. That, that can turn into a horror movie really quickly. More often than probably anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Realistically. Yeah. 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 
Ugh. Yeah. I don't like it when the podcast gets a little real. Ugh. Uh, it's a classic Josh Wessler podcast. Ah, yes. Welcome, Derek. Welcome. <laughs> when we get nice and dark. <laughs> it's only fitting. So Corey, he's like, he calls Allison. He's like, hey, your grandma wants to kill me. I want to leave town tonight. Let's go. Meet me here at nine o'clock. And Allison's like, oh, okay. What? What, what the <laughs> fuck? We're just okay with it now? Like... <laughs> And and this is like I don't want to say this is the straw that broke the camel's back because we were already well aware of yeah. the bastardization of Allison's character, but this is so gross. Yeah, it's so stupid. Like this is now I think Allison's dumbest move in the entire trilogy, yep. and she walked into the Myers house under her own free will in Halloween Kills. <laughs> it's bad. This is worse, <laughs> and it looks like she even like thinks about it too. It's just like mm, that's a weird thing to say. Like. It's weird that you'd say that about my grandma. Anyways, gonna go do it now. <laughs> so Corey is gonna go and he's going to attack Michael and take his mask because he doesn't need Michael anymore or something like that. I took it as he needed someone to blame the killing because he was gonna burn everything down on the way out. And so when oh. him, him and Allison leave town, Michael did it. Yep, sure. Okay, that um, works. Yeah, I definitely took that as like he wanted to be... Michael, because because you got a, a few different things leading up to it at this point, where he's essentially talking to Michael, saying, "Show me, show me how to do it." So I took it as he wants to be Michael. Yeah. yeah the other thing I noticed, he kept checking his hand to see if it healed, like Michael's wounds, and mm-hmm. it just it never did. You know, he's no Michael. He's no Michael. He's a copycat. Yeah, exactly. So he is going to take the mask because Michael's weak. He's going to go carve the word "psycho" into Terry's car and lure him on a merry chase. It's a trap. <laughs> Reminder to the audience, Terry is the douchebag uh, high school who threw him off a bridge. So they see Corey watching him on the motorcycle. He takes off. Terry and his gang get in the car and take off after him, which is going to lead to a great sequence. Uh, you know, don't be a menace and also don't get taken to a secondary location. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I understand you feel like you are the chaser, but like... It's a trap. <laughs> wouldn't you feel a little bit heebie-jeebie about being lured into a scrapyard? Yeah. Like, when it, like a guy who let you follow him there? Especially when you already know that he works here, so he's familiar with it. He's yeah. got the high ground, basically. Yeah, this is very Obi-Wan, Anakin. Oh, and they're going to get burned, at least one of them. Allison's going to go home and pack. The fuck, dude? She's going to risk it all for this nut job. Or he's going to confront her and like be like, hey, no. <laughs> Bad. And Allison's going to dismiss her completely and basically blame her for michael myers it's like what is going on yeah this is basically her joining the rest of the town in just everybody against Lori. i guess i'm just realizing that uh cory and allison's relationship is so much like anakin and padme's toward the end of revenge (laughs) of the sith that i'm actually having a heart to like don't make me kill you it is the end of the trilogy you you turned her against me kill the children (laughs) kill jeremy kill the children (laughs) Yeah, killed the younglings. Yeah, yeah the youngling well, got killed. We we are. I mean, high, school, the high schoolers are children. So Michael Myers is Palpatine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Corey is Anakin. Yep. Oh my God, it's Al- literally Allison's just Padme. Dude, maybe was this whole movie just like a, a like parody or uh, an homage to Revenge of the Sith just to troll everyone? This is <laughs> yeah. just a giant prequel meme. All right, so we're gonna get to the scrapyard sequence, which is very fun. I do love this a lot. Mm-hmm. Ron is at work. And what cracks me up, he's just chilling at work, watching a movie. It's the middle of the night. He has no reason to be here. He just wants to stay away from his wife. Probably. <laughs> yeah. That, that actually, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and he's got his headphones on, so he doesn't hear Corey or Terry's crew arrive. Ryan, could you uh, relate to sitting there with headphones on, watching a movie late at night? Uh, I mean, when I was at work doing security guard, I, I, I don't think I ever had headphones on. Sure. But, like, you know, just sitting there watching a movie yeah. and dark little cubicle thing yeah. and just, you know, mind your business. So... 
Terry's group, they can't find Corey, but they find his motorcycle. So their plan is to put chains through the motorcycle and just drag it and, and break it. So he's like, hey, Billy, you go, you go start the car. We're going to get this all tied up. And they do that. And they're like, Billy, start the car. He doesn't start the car. Billy. And they go find him. He's got his uh, marching band drumsticks shoved through his head. Rip. <laughs> Don't be a menace. For all of them, you know, just blanket band. Don't be a menace. Don't be a menace. Don't get taken to a secondary location. Play uh, stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yep, all, all the things. Yep. All right, you guys are in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't think that you were already. Um, you are now. Yeah. There's definitive proof. So the the tow truck's lights are going to turn on, starts moving toward them. Stacy and Margo are going to run for the gate, and they're going to get over. Stacy's going to get over and get out of the way. Margo's going to get over to the other side, and she gets there and stops. Like, she could have dove out of the way. Yeah. There was time for her to, to escape. Rule 10, don't panic. <laughs> like, like a kid in the headlights. Run, bitch, run. Yeah, another one is run, bitch, run. Run, bitch, run! Like, she was doing it, and then she stopped. Uh, that's rule 28. And then we get possibly just like my favorite little moment in the, movie, in the movie, where Corey rams into the gate with Margo still holding on to the gate. It's... Fucking awesome. Yeah, this this was a really cool moment. I thought that she just completely splatted. It ends up she's still alive yeah, for she's a little bit. Under here. the gate and the truck. Somehow she's still conscious too. And it's great. Yeah. Before they even like jumped over the gate, I'm I'm I don't know why they even attempted to do this. Like you're you're in a junkyard that you could probably weave in and out of fairly yep. easily. Don't run in a straight line, that's you another know, rule. Spread out! It'll confuse him! Try running a serpentine pattern! You you have a car coming at you. It's probably going to catch you because yep. it's faster than how fast you can climb. So why not just peel off around the junkyard, maybe take a lap, and then come back to try to climb the fence afterwards? Rule 27 is don't run in a straight line. They do succeed. Oh, yeah, they do. In their running away. It's just Margo froze up. And the Stacy is going to come back to try and help Margo. Uh, rule 35, no one to cut ties. <laughs> run! I'm, I'm, I'm going to go get help. Josh, if you're pinned underneath the, the, the truck, I'm going to go get help. Good luck. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Well, like, what do you want us to do? Yeah, you're pinned under a truck, man, and there's and, a psycho and, killer. And, and you have no weapon, and this guy has a truck and a weapon. So, ugh. So, Corey is going to beat Stacy to death with a wrench. Terry's going to go get help with get, get Ron, and luckily Ron's got a couple of guns. He gives Terry one. He takes one. He's going to go figure out what the fuck's going on. Lock and load. Lock and load. You'll love to see it. They're going to find Margo pinned under the truck, and then Corey's going to appear, and he's not wearing his mask right now, so Ron's like, Corey, what the hell? Terry's going to point his gun at Corey, and for one dumb reason, Ron just, like, panics and stands up and gets shot in the face by Terry. Yeah, because he's basically like, no, don't shoot, and then stands up right as he shoots. So, tried to get him to stop. You know, don't stand in between someone with yep. a weapon and someone they're trying to shoot. Place to begin some surprises. Don't panic. So, Ron's dead. Sadness. Terry is going to go up and try and help Margo. Bro, you got to stop doing this. It's it, no, it is, has worked poorly for two people so far. <laughs> hey, Sometimes. he didn't see him. <laughs> but he does turn his back on Corey to help Margo. Rule two, constant vigilance. Corey is going to grab Terry and murder him with a blowtorch. Ouch. Yeah, and he, he seemed like... Because I think he... 
he hit him, but I don't think he was knocked out. Yep. So he was probably still alive and feeling all of this. No, like, one... you can't help anyone if you're dead. Yeah, exactly. And then he's going to squash Margot's head in another amazing kill. This is a fun Ooh. sequence. One one thing I want to say for Margot, uh, she could have considered playing possum here, which is another rule. Yeah, that's a good point. Ooh, like, yeah. she got flattened. Just just lay there. Rule number 23, you don't want to play possum. And maybe he just leaves you alone. I'm sure she was in a great deal of pain, but, you know. Something to consider. It's, it's just something to consider. Couldn't have gone much worse for I'm you. Sub- I'm submitting this to the audience just for, for thoughts. And then next, Corey is going to go home and murder his mom. Don't be a menace. Don't hit your kids. Really straightforward. <laughs> I wish we'd gotten a messier kill for her because she sucked. And then Willie's at work at the radio station with a receptionist. And Corey walks in dressed as Michael Myers. The receptionist has no reaction to this. He's like, can I help you? And immediately gets murdered. Rule number one, you got to know when you're in a horror movie. I mean, it's Halloween, so, like, I, that wouldn't be my first thing to, like, just, like, scream and freak out. You don't really know who this is. Uh, Could be I Michael don't, Myers. I don't know if they know, who, like, what Michael Myers looks like. I suppose. Um, it's not like we get a bunch of pictures of him in, like, on the news, in the newspaper, sure. or anything like that. So, she might just think it's someone in a mask on Halloween. That is a good point. That is a very good point. But it know. is... Halloween in Hattonfield. Yes, it is Halloween also in that, which we didn't actually mention, like because we've talked about this in other yep. uh, other movies, and I've actually refuted Ryan. And Ryan's like, no, it's Halloween in Hattonfield. Like everyone should know they're in a horror yes. movie. This is automatic. Had- Halloween in Hattonfield. Nothing good has ever happened on Halloween in Hattonfield. Twenty four hour in a horror. You know, movie. if you want to talk, to, uh, stay out of the water. Don't go in the water. Uh, there's a serial the killer in Haddonfield on Halloween. You don't go into Haddonfield on Halloween. I think we've mentioned at 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 length in other podcasts. Like, why don't you just like take your family and you know, extended holiday with the with the relatives? You don't really need to move. You could just like not be here for Halloween one day. You know, I don't, That's all I don't, it is. I don't care how much you don't like your in laws. I think a weekend with them hopefully is better than, mm. <laughs> than dealing with Michael Myers. Sometimes, sometimes I'll let you. That, that is for each each to each their own. Sometimes dead is better. (laughs) (laughs) Corey's going to go kill Willie in a hilariously brutal kill. Beats him up, cuts off his tongue, leaves the tongue on the the vinyl. So extra. (laughs) This was maybe the closest thing that Corey does that is like a classic Michael Myers kill. This is hilarious. I love it. Because this one was, it felt like art. Yes. Willie had no real chance besides, you know, he was targeted because he was a dickbag. Yeah, so yeah. again, don't be a menace. This is basically Corey's revenge tour here. Yes. He got the high schoolers. Mom. He, he didn't get his dad. He got his mom, and then he got this dude who's being a dick to him. Yep. He got Doug, the ex-cop. He tried to help Alice out because he's in love with her or something like that by killing the her boss and the woman who got her promotion. So, yeah, it's literally Corey. These are very motivated kills. Yes. And by the way, that's one thing I wanted to mention before we were done with this podcast is all of Corey's kills were motivated and they were targeted, whereas, like, Michael Myers was just like, you're in my way. Yep. That's why he's not Michael Myers. Exactly. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to kill you because you're here. Yep. And Corey's was all like, no, you had to be mean to me. No, you're no Michael. You don't, you just don't get it. So Allison's going to go try and meet Corey. He's not there. She's going to try his house. He's not there. Lori is at home. And we get a really long sequence of her just, like, shutting off all the lights, drinking, being really sad. She gets a gun out. And then she calls 911 to report her suicide. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? Somewhere along the way, she figured out Corey was outside or coming to get her. So it was all a trap. And I don't know how she figured this out. It's Halloween in Hattonfield. It's Halloween in Haddonfield. It's so predictable. <laughs> she, she calls the cops. 
but she's not actually committing suicide. It's all a trick, but she is calling for backup. You know, maybe this is something that Lori just does every Halloween in Hattonfield just in case. Jesus. <laughs> so she's going to fire the gun, and there's going to be a big splat. Corey is going to come in and open the door, and she shot a pumpkin. Hilarious. And she's like, you really thought I would kill myself, you dumb bitch? <laughs> Shoots him twice. He falls down the banister. With some glorious poetry there, yes. Yeah, yeah that was funny. So she, she's going to fire the rest of the bullets, so the gun is off the table. You this, know. this is bad. That's not great. Why not keep it fully loaded? Yes. Yeah, I was kind of wondering why she... Because she just shoots it into the wall. So it's like, are you like trying to make it look like there was more going on here than it was? No, she's or? just trying to get the gun off the table. Like uh. It's not a factor anymore. Because I guess she wasn't planning on killing Corey anymore. I don't know. It's it, kind of weird. Yeah. I, I, I was... So, pretty confused about this like was she just trying to injure him to get him to go away because she just can't kill him because she still wants to save him like i i don't know maybe she wants him alive so he can be arrested yeah i i don't know i really don't know but as allison gets home Corey decides for whatever reason to just stab himself in the throat to make it look like Lori murdered him and so she pulls the knife out of his throat as right as allison walks in and on the surface, this looks really sus, like, oh, she's holding a bloody knife over a dead body. But if you think about it at all for more than one second, this guy is dressed as Michael Myers, broke into the house, and Laurie shot him. The mask is right there. The mask is literally right here. It doesn't matter if Laurie stabbed him or not. This is fucking fair. Yeah, the proof is in the pudding. And Allison freaks out and leaves for no goddamn reason. <laughs> what? I mean, don't get me wrong. Sure, it's dramatic. Uh, well, and, and honestly, both of them should... Get out of the house. Sure. But this is the, the entirely wrong motivation. So this is like a good move, but for the wrong reason. So like she gets no credit and may God have mercy on her soul. <laughs> so we have about 12 minutes left this movie and Lori and Michael have not met. Finally, it's going to change. Lori notices the back door of the house is open. Rule number one, Lori, the horror movie is not over. And by the way, she had made a mention that she chose not to lock her doors. Rule eight, lock your doors. Yes, lock your doors. But for Lori, I get it because this thing is not going to end yes. until she kills Michael. So she's just like, Look, come on, let's get this over with. <laughs> she's inviting Michael back to finish this off so she can like have some goddamn peace. Like, either I die or you die. It's yeah. fine. Either way, I'm at peace. Yeah, exactly. So whatever. It, you know, technical rule violation, I don't care. This is for the audience, not yeah. for Lori. Lock your doors, people. So Michael, Michael's just here to get his mask. That's the only reason Michael's here. He's like, I want my mask back. That's mine. <laughs> you took it from me. Meanwhile, Allison, she's leaving town, and she sees the radio station is on fire. Oh, maybe Corey is burning the town down. Maybe maybe Corey's doing everything. So you mean that conversation when we were in the booth about, you know, burning it all down? I was not meaning that literally. That was a metaphor. <laughs> She's going to get a call from Frank. He's like, hey, we got a call from Lori about she's going to commit suicide. So Allison's like, oh, no, I need to get back to the house. But the real showdown, Lori uh, hides in the closet and gets the jump on Michael using a fire extinguisher. Which she's going to get knocked out of her hands. But, you know, she's fighting Michael, who's big dude, even if he is weak. But we're going to get a pretty straightforward fight around the kitchen. You know, stabs and punches are thrown. But the end of it is really fun. She's going to stab Michael in the hand, pinning him to the counter. And then stab him in the other hand, pinning him more to the counter. Drop a refrigerator on him, pin him more. Stab him in the chest of the knife, jab him in the side of the knife. Just all the stabbies. He's got a few stab wounds. And he can't get up because he's pinned. Yep. And I would assume uh, Michael of, you know, two movies ago probably would have been able to break free Probably. This. But he's weak. Yeah. Yes. It's a war of attrition when you're fighting Michael. <laughs> you gotta wear him down. Can't kill him until he's 80 years old. <laughs> 
So Lori's finally got him right where she wants him. She's going to finish him off. She cuts his throat. Jesus. But then he's gonna finally going to pull one of his hands free and try and strangle her. And Lori's like, you know what? I'm fine with this. <laughs> She's like, just do it. It's cool. She's like, whatever. Don't love that. Um, like rule 17, I suppose. Never, uh, go. never go. Next thing you try my work. And she um, was just kind of like, yeah, fine. But uh, Allison's going to come back, free her, and break Michael's arm. And then finally, Laurie is going to cut Michael's wrist, like, the long way. And Michael is going to bleed out. Michael dies. Mm-hmm. Michael dies from this. Just so many, you know, death by a thousand cuts. Or three very well-placed cuts. Three very well-placed cuts. So that is the end of Michael Myers. Uh, rule number four, don't be a menace. <laughs> it's the only rule break. <laughs> uh, so that is the end of Michael. The cops are going to show up. And like, oh, he's dead. He's not dead enough. So they're going to tie Michael to the roof of their car. And one of like the background cops is like, hey, this isn't how we do things. And then the sheriff who from the last two movies, who we haven't seen this entire time, shows up. He's like, yeah, we're doing this tonight. This is, this is fine. We got the okay. <laughs> I, I love that this guy just shows up. So I'm like, oh, hey, I remember you. you I completely forgot you, you existed. Exist. And I fucking love this. They're going to have a giant funeral procession with Michael strapped to the hood of their car, driving through town. Everybody and their mother joins this procession, and the whole town goes to the scrapyard. We get Sandra. She's back. We get the little kid, uh, Julian, from the 2018 movie. They're all here, and we're going to dump his body in, like, what? what is that? Like a, It's like a metal shredder, metal, metal, shredder. metal recycling compactor thing. There are ASMR videos of this thing on the internet all over the place. They are very satisfying. Yeah. And it just and, crunch- I, and, and I it, hate ASMR videos. Yeah, <laughs> and it crunches things. It, it goes crunchy. It's very crunchable. Don't get your hands stuck in these. Yeah, they're, they're, they used one in Texas Chainsaw 3D. Yes, like they did. Like a giant one. Yeah, do your thing, cuz. Do your thing, cuz. Do your thing, Laurie, and we are going to drop Michael's body in this thing and watch it get torn up, and, and it's very satisfying. That's it, Michael. Yeah. Michael's finally dead. Yeah, so again, for Michael... Don't be menace. We already said it, but it did warrant saying one more time. This is the ultimate follow of Rule 6 Double Tap. We always say we're fans of decapitation. And in fairness, in the multiverse, Laurie has tried that. Yep. Uh, but apparently it wasn't him. But, you know, whatever. Let's not talk about that. We don't, different we, different we, timeline. We don't talk about that. We're fans of dismemberment. But you know what? Like, total obliteration. I mean, you tried burning him. That didn't work. Yeah, we've talked about burying Michael. We were good with that move. Like we've tried so many things. I, I like this one. This is the ultimate. Yeah, this is it, what you do. Assuming that Michael is a physical embodiment of evil, destroy the physical. The evil may remain, but like at least it can't just come walking into your house and stab you now. I hope they also took this one step further, and the remains that came out of this machine they split up and put in different locations sure. as well. <laughs> That'll be Halloween fourteen. But this this is amazing. They they just shred this up, and the fact that the cops are like, yeah, let's do this. You know, we, 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 we got to heal Haddonfield. This is this is healing Haddonfield. We all do it together. It's pretty cool. Yeah, this is where uh, the 200 people in the town square saw the public menace get taken care of, but nobody saw a thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. This is this is frontier justice right yes. here, and I I'm gotta all, love it. Gotta love it. Every, every once in a while, there's an exception. I hesitate to say in our world when frontier justice should be enacted, but like if it's Michael frickin' Myers, and if there's anyone out there named Mike Myers. No, you don't just go killing people yes. named Michael Myers. Neither Thank those... you for the clarification. Here. Yes, I, I just want <laughs> we to be worried. very clear. I am not advocating for murder, manslaughter. There's or a time and a place for frontier justice. Yes. And this is this is one of those times. This is as good as any. Allison's going to leave town. Lori's going to finish your book and get back together with Frank. 
And then the movie ends in, in an homage to the first movie. The first movie ends with shots of all the locations we've been to in this movie with Michael breathing in the background because he could be anywhere. And this one ends with a bunch of different shots of Lori's house, places we've been, and it's silent because Michael's gone. It's over. Halloween ends. That's, That's Halloween it. ends. Mm-hmm. So while there's stuff in here I like, this is a really bad movie. <laughs> Three out of ten. I, I, I'm sticking to my five out of ten. I... I liked it more than you did, obviously. I thought it was a decent movie. Not great. Not great for, uh, you know, Halloween where you want to see a ton of Michael Myers uh, and not great for the end of this trilogy, especially since I did enjoy the first two a decent amount. All right. I don't have any new rules, so. No. Let's get into the awards. First, we have the Randy Minks Merit Badge, which goes to the character who did the best job at following the rules, of course, based off Randy from Scream. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. This one's tough. Because most of this movie, nobody was in a horror movie. And when they were, they were instantly dead. So I'm going to throw out Lori just because, you know, she had the stakes. She was the one who was in the horror movie the most and did a damn good job for the most part and killed Michael. I'm just going to say it's de facto Lori because there wasn't a whole lot else going on. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you want to give it to the homeless man. I don't (laughs) at all. Kidding. Uh, So I believe... This is Lori and Jamie Lee Curtis's third time winning the Randy Meeks Merit Badge. Good for her. Lori Strode won it for seven and then the 2018 one. Sure. Lori Strode, default. There's really no one else to give it to for that. Uh, Night of the Living Pleb goes to the character who did the worst job at following the rules. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. Oh. You know, there's a lot of people who don't do a great job, but it's Allison. It's got to be Allison. The all the red flags and all the bullshit in this movie, and she's gonna go along and move across the country with this psycho, especially after everything we saw her do in the last two movies. Bullshit. I think it's got to be Allison. That's hard for me though because like I understand why maybe like some Corey, for example, is sort of inadmissible. Yeah, we can't do Corey. But at a certain level, we have to assume he was in control of his actions. Uh, but I don't I'm like not, giving I'm, it to the killer. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fight Corey. But why not someone like Terry, who is just being an absolute dickbag three times in the movie mm-hmm. for absolutely no reason, and mm-hmm. then chases someone to a secondary location? Like conventionally speaking. Like, he had no reason to have this big of a vendetta against someone who did absolutely nothing to him. So it's almost like Allison is at least intertwined with this whole, like, main character syndrome, which I... I, She is a main character. You know, uh, Corey assumed he was a main character, and he wasn't. You but, know what, you make a good point with Terry, because he helped create this monster. So so that that's that's what I throw out is with Terry. I, I just feel like he had the least reason to be involved in any of this and kept involving himself. But he did lock and load at least. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I also kind of have an issue with Allison just because it doesn't seem like she had that many rule breaks. Sure. We're doing it based on you're being an idiot in this circumstance. And it like, was really why, just why are you doing one this? One big rule break. Yeah. Whereas, you know... She didn't really have to get into any situations where she's, you know, really breaking a ton of rules or, like, really combat or anything like that. She was never in danger in this movie. No. Uh, Not really. Yeah. The only people that I had written down outside of maybe her were the high schoolers as well, mm-hmm. along with whatever the cop's name was. Oh, Doug. Doug. Mm, Who's worse, Doug or Terry? You know, they both got lured to a secondary location. Doug went alone. Didn't really have a weapon with besides a flashlight. It went into a fucking sewer. Ooh. Because I was going to say, like, my equivalent of Doug going into the sewer is Terry throwing Corey off a bridge and then just kind of, like, 
He fell. And just, and just like, leaving, you know? Yeah. God, they're both garbage. You know, I think it's Doug. I think Doug is worse than Terry, because at least Terry took the shot, got a gun, got some help from uh, Ron. I'll give it to Doug, because uh, if Terry hadn't died in, like, 10 years, Terry is Doug. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Doug has got that real peaked in high school. I'm going to be a douchebag because I have power energy yeah. and I'm going to be stalkery and abusive. And then I'm going to go into the sewer for no fucking reason. So uh, I, I, I'm going to give it to Doug. I have a police badge. I'm going to make it everyone else's problem. <laughs> so yeah, let's give it to Doug. Fuck Doug. Yeah. I'm uh, glad I brought it up. Uh, that's no, no, no. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, so Doug is not a living pleb and he is not a living pleb. We had a lot of choices, buddy. Yes, <laughs> yes we did. So it's it hard to cycle through all of them. Dishonorable mention to Terry and the, and the teenagers. Dishonorable mention to Allison. Deserving for both. Um, absolute trash. Dumpster fire. <laughs> the mom. Yeah, I mean, dishonorable mention to the mom. Like, she didn't have a chance to know she was in a horror movie, right. but she's being an abusive pile helicopter, of pile of shit. You know, yeah. it's just, <laughs> just don't being be a, a menace your whole life. Being a, being a shitty person doesn't mean that you're a pleb. In, yes. in this context. Uh, yeah, and on this podcast, podcast unfortunately, that's not what it means. Uh, all right, that's Halloween Ends. Um, it's kind of a special episode. You know, we're going to try and get back and maybe do Scream 5 whenever we can. So we will see. So no no wheel spin or anything like that tonight. Derek, Josh, thanks for being on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. You guys want to plug anything? Follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at jwessler, J-W-E-H-S-E-L-E-R. E-R-E-K-K on Letterboxd for Derek. And how to horror, how the number two horror for us uh, here on Twitter and on Letterboxd. Uh, anything else, guys? Nope. All right, this has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie podcast. Stay safe out there. Uh, uh.